It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rapine. And today, we are joined by very special guest, Malik Wright from the Right Way Sports Network. Malik, you probably know from his rise to Twitter fame for nailing pretty much every free agent acquisition that the Bengals had in the most recent free agency period. Malik, thanks for joining the Locked On Bengals podcast. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, brother. It's my pleasure. I appreciate you and uh, James both inviting me on. You know, I've always been a huge supporter of, you know, the Locked On Bengals podcast, even back when James was doing, was doing it solo. So really excited to be on with you guys and excited to talk some Bengals football. Yeah, Malik, let's let's start with you before we get into free agency and then the draft. And maybe you have a, a scoop or two under your sleeve here while we got you on. But uh, let's start with your company. How did the, the Right Way Sports Network, how'd you get started? Uh, awesome question. I, I love answering this. So uh, basically, I used to uh, work for a company called Back Sports Page in Fairfield, New Jersey. I uh, was doing a lot of uh, different things with them, wrote a little bit. Wasn't really my thing. Did podcasts. That was really my thing. I had an awesome show on the North uh, on the Northeast that that, that really did uh, really did well. And then that company kind of wanted to really focus on um, localized sports such as New York, New York sports like Giants and Mets and Nets and things of that nature. And, you know, I've, I always saw myself branching out doing some major stuff. So uh, I, I kind of, you know, went out on my own. I made a lot of contacts through working with that company. You know, I met the Odell Beckhams of the world, the Tiki Barbers of the world and uh, the McCordy twins and things of that nature. So I kind of just used my contacts, leveraged them, started my own company. When I, when I first started it, you know, put all my, all my money into building a website and, and marketing purposes and things like that nature. And I didn't know uh, how far it would go and uh, look at us now. So it's been, it's been an awesome ride continuously adding to my team. I'm really blessed to have the team that I have around me. And I'm looking at your website right now. You have coverage for all the sports, kind of like the lockdown podcast network. You, You guys have stuff for everything at this point. And that's really cool, man. So how did you grow this, you know, focused on everybody 
media company while your own presence and your own focus is largely on the Bengals and, and you're moving your company to Cincinnati, you know? Yes, sir. What, what kind of pulled you to Cincinnati with all this stuff? You know, I, the biggest thing with me is, you know, I, when I kept visiting Ohio, kept visiting Ohio, kept visiting, uh, particularly Cincinnati. And I just saw that there was like a huge, uh, you know, ener- energized presence out there for, for sports, especially for football. And, um, you know, I know Ohio is the birthplace of football and people don't think of, you know, they don't think uh, when you think of Ohio, what do you think of? You think of Ohio State Buckeyes, you think of the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Cavaliers, things of that nature. Well, you know, it's easy for someone to build a company and say, hey, I want to move to New York, right, which is an oversaturated market, or I want to move to California, where everybody is, right? I wanted to do something that was original, a place that I felt very strongly about, uh, felt a strong connection to, and uh, a, a place that I think I could put a lot of more eyes on it. And I feel like the downtown Cincinnati is extremely underrated as well. You told us before we started recording that you grew up a Bengals fan. Yeah. How did you become a Bengals fan? So it's funny that you mentioned that. So I grew up 20 minutes from the New York Giants uh, and and Jets Stadium, um, as they call it. It used to be called the the Meadowlands. Now it's called Mm -hmm. MetLife Stadium. Well, growing up as a kid, everybody around me was a Giants or Jets fans. And I, for the life of me, couldn't understand why a team would play in our our home, uh, you know, state. We play taxes on the stadium and stuff like that, things of that nature. And then when they have when they win a Super Bowl, they don't give New Jersey any credit. They have a Super Bowl parade in New York. That used to piss me off. They used to grind my gears. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I growing up, I love Tigers. And uh, I just remember one day turning on the TV here and how do you stop 85? How do you stop 85? <laughs> and I'm just like, this guy's entertaining. This guy's really, really entertaining. So I started paying attention. I used to always play with the Bengals and Madden because they had the Tiger logo. Uh, and you know, the rest was history. I started picking them and then I became a Bengals fan. And then, you know, that, that's pretty much it. That's, that, that's pretty much it. I like tigers. So I attribute it to me liking tigers growing up. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's, it's a very common story. I think I did a yeah. poll once on why people became Bengals fans. There's a pretty good split between like, I like tigers and the right. colors are cool and Chad Johnson. And Absolutely. I was born in Cincinnati. It's, it's always those factors. It's a combination of of those things. You know, if so, if the bankers are listening, though, that might be, a, maybe you should move, move the logo back to the tiger logo. You might get some more fans, man. I'm telling you, it, it really does work. It really does work. People like the tiger, people like the stripes and it'd be cool to, to see the tiger a little bit more involved Absolutely. in some of the marketing going on. I agree with that. People love yeah. the leaping tiger. Malik, it's been really great to learn a little bit more about you and your company, but I really want to talk to you about what happened in free agency for you when you decided, you know, this is a year that I'm going to share the information that I have. And this is a year that I'm going to pop off on Twitter. We'll get into that conversation coming up next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We talk about it all the time here on Locked On Bengals. Built Bar is the number one protein bar on the planet. They come in 18 amazing flavors. 
So whether you love caramel brownie, the cookies and cream, maybe my personal favorite, the mint brownie, is what strikes your attention. There is something for everyone and all 18 bars covered in 100% chocolate. And the best thing about Built Bars, it's not their amazing taste. It's the macros. They're good for you. Low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, low in calorie, perfect for you. You got to check them out right now. So go to BuiltBar.com. Check out everything they have there, including their 18 delicious Built Bars. And when you're checking out, make sure you use promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, we're going to continue our conversation with Malik right here. You can find him on Twitter, by the way, at WriteReport with two T's at the end. So make sure you follow him if you don't already because he has the scoop. I think he was probably first to every single Bengals free agency signing. What was that like for you? Being the guy that was breaking the news with the the gifs or the gifs or whatever and having people hanging on every tweet and, you know, trying to figure out if you're Hyundai versus what was it Honda I don't remember whatever your car choice Kia whatever your yeah. car choice was uh, whether that meant one player or another uh, what was that all like for you it was uh it was honestly that was the that was the most fun I've had in a while uh you know coming up with different gifts I hope I said that right different <laughs> different gifts to uh, you know to get people thinking you know I think for agency, it's 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 weird, right? You you hear so much throughout the entire you know few weeks. You hear people saying this guy's visiting, that guy's visiting. I don't want to be that. I didn't want to be that guy that reported on every single free agent visit because then you know the Bengals fans they when they when you hear hey, a guy is visiting, they get really really fixated on that player, and then if they wind up leaving without a deal or something like that happens, they get so heartbroken. So I mean, it was pretty um it was pretty fun. It was exciting. It it, it was a busy busy time. Um, but you know. It was, um, I had a lot of fun with it. I had a lot of fun with it. The Kenny Galladay stuff yeah. was, that was such a crazy three to four days. And I, I know he obviously didn't end up signing in Cincinnati, but I know it was crazy for me. Yeah. We spent a ton of time on the podcast talking about it. What was that like for you? Because you were the one to report, Hey, Kenny Galladay wants to play with Joe Burrow. And yeah. I think every Bengals fan was like, what? Oh my God. So what about that stretch? And, and is that the stretch that stood out the most? I know you had other deals that you reported and stuff that ended up coming true, but what about that Galladay saga? Galladay was definitely the craziest out of it. You know, the, seeing all these different people, uh, you know, retweeting me and following me out of the blue and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Because, you know, fun fact about me, guys. So if you guys ever follow me on Twitter and you guys tweet at me or something like that, you don't get a response from me. It's because I don't have my Twitter notifications on. I actually I actually tweet and then log off the app and go somewhere else and do something different. And then I, I log back on. It's never because I'm not, you know, trying to get back to you guys. But that the Kenny Galladay thing was was really, really um crazy because I Actually, I was actually talking to a couple of my buddies who cover the Giants, and uh, they were filling me in on, on what was going on in terms of his visit with the Giants as well and what they knew. So um, pretty much when he visited the Giants in the second, I want to say the second day he, he was there, I knew it was pretty much not going to happen in Cincinnati. But originally to start, um, Kenny Galladay reached out to the Bengals because his market wasn't shaping up the way he wanted it to. I think that's the part of the story a lot of people are kind of you know, not realizing he reached out to the Cincinnati Bengals. His market wasn't shaping up. The Giants were conflicted at one point. The Giants knew that they had interest in him, but they weren't sure if they wanted to, you know, if they wanted to follow through with it. Then when they, you know, got wind that, okay, him in Cincinnati, you know, potentially that's when they said, hey, you know, Kenny Galladay, let's make, 
let's make something happen. Let's make something happen. And they, you know, they scheduled the visit and things of that nature and the rest is history. But the Bengals definitely had an offer on the table. The Bengals were definitely interested in him as well. And we, we did of course manage to confirm that. And we talked about it on this podcast and we made sure that to our audience, at least people knew that it was, it was that way. You know, he had some contact with the bears and he didn't necessarily want to play a one-year deal with the Bears with Mitchell mm-hmm. Trubisky and Allen Robinson splitting targets, or I guess Andy Dalton now, the quarterback, the uncertain quarterback future at that point, I guess I should say. And then it was the same concern in New York, is, is my understanding, is you know he wasn't sure unless he got the commitment, and he did, good for him, but he wasn't going to do a one-year deal with the Giants. If he was going to do a one-year deal, he was going to do it with the team that throws the ball 60% of the time, and has Joe Burrow at quarterback. So that was a lot of fun. What was your, what was that the the peak of free agency Twitter for you? Or, or was there another really memorable moment that stands out? That was definitely one of the peaks. I would say the, the craziest moment was when I put the Eli Apple stuff out there and, uh, all of a sudden, I uh, I'm not on I'm not on Twitter at I, once again I I tweet and I log off I'm tweeting and I log off I can't people are texting my phone like, bro check your Twitter I'm like what's going on They're like check your Twitter Mike Garofolo just just retweeted you I'm like what are you talking about So there was some, a whole exchange apparently that happened where Mike Garofolo re, you know reported that Eli Apple signed with the Cincinnati Bengals and then. The, we have a really strong fan base with, with, with the Bengals, might I, might I, I must say. Um, and Bengal fans apparently swarmed his tweets and were like, right report had it first, right report had it first. And he's like, well, wait, wait, who's right report? And the people were like showing him. And then next thing I know, he said Malik Malik had a great call um, or earlier on this. And I, I, you know, from there it was the rest was history. I had all these prominent figures, all these people who I followed for quite some time following me back. So it was really, really awesome and really, really cool to get that uh, recognition. But, um, you know, all, all praise goes to my company and, and, and the guys that do the work for work for us here at TWS, and they do an amazing job. As far as the, the free agency process goes, what, what's your opinion on what the Bengals did? Do you think they did enough? No, I don't. Um, and I, I know the people who, who I know might not like me hearing me say that, but I don't think the Bengals did enough. I don't think that they improved on a lot of, uh, on, on, on enough areas, I think. But I think that it's still time to rectify that. I know that they're focusing right now on the NFL draft. And I know after the NFL draft, they can start turning their focus back to, you know, picking up some free agents that are still out there. But um, I would have liked to see them go out there and grab another defensive end um, personally. And, you know, even maybe potentially grab a guard out there. I, I know, I, I know for a fact that they had made contact with some guards out there, including Trey Turner. Um, but that was a lot, a lot earlier before the who Trey Turner, the who Trey uh, tweet started blowing out, blowing up out there. So. Is there, Anything you can share about, you know, some things that didn't necessarily work out without going into detail. You, you, you mentioned the guard thing where we, we actually heard as well. We, we know Ryan Kerrigan was in town. Was there other interest in, you know, pass rushers that they were looking at for depth interior linemen beyond Ogan Joby? Any any wide receivers that at any point they were interested in or, or how did those kind of positions play out? No, no other receivers other than Kenny Galladay um, that really, really was piquing the team's uh, interest like that. I don't think that they got I don't think they had the opportunity to really show interest in a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys kind of went off the board uh, pretty quickly. The ones that they would have been interested in. Sheldon Rankins was a guy, obviously, the the Bengals were interested in that didn't come to fruition. Um, 
so I mean, I mean, Joe Tooney. I mean, but these are all ones that you guys obviously obviously know at this point. That's a guy that they were interested in, but again, they were never going to go into that double digit figure when it comes to the guard market. They were never just, they were never going to do that. They 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 price guards at what they price them at, and I know they say, oh, we pay the player versus the position, but we have more uh, more uh, what do you what do you call it more. I don't even know what the word I'm looking evidence? for is. More evidence of uh, exactly more evidence of them not wanting to pay the guard position than them wanting to. So it, it shows. Malik, as far as the Trey Turners, the Ryan Kerrigans, maybe the the someone else's of the world. Let's fast forward to post draft, and obviously we don't know what they're going to do with their eight picks. Maybe they end up having more than eight picks, mm-hmm. and aren't interested in these guys. So we weren't we're not going to hold you to this. But do you think that that could open up? Kerrigan visited. I don't think Turner did, but do you think they could be interested in either of those guys or or, or someone like that that we've heard mentioned after the draft? I, I don't think Kerrigan will be a be a Bengal um, because of other reasons. But I I think that uh, you know obviously as longer a guy like Trey Turner sits out there or other guys sit out there, it only helps in the Bengals' favor, obviously. You know, um, so I, I think that there is an opportunity to definitely upgrade at some positions. But again, I think that they're pausing right now when they're focusing strictly on the NFL draft right now. And then afterwards, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see some some level signings to sort of what we saw the Bills do. There's still time for them to do that, guys. The same way the Bills went out there and picked up a bunch of different guys to create competition. I, I certainly think that's something we could see happen. And that's an approach that we have talked about on this podcast quite a bit, proving your listenership and your consistency listening to what James and I have to say, just like every guest we have on the lockdown Bengals podcast from Zach Taylor last year to Brian Callahan this year, everybody listens to the lockdown Bengals podcast. And well, you guys should check out Malik right too, because we only bring on the worthiest of guests (laughs) coming up next. We're going to start talking about the NFL draft because Malik, Wright, One of the prominent team Sewell members might have some thoughts about what the Bengals might do, about what the Bengals should do. And we can't really go an episode these days without having a Chase versus Sewell conversation. So here we go again, coming up next. Malik Wright, our current guest on the Lockdown Bengals podcast, is about to give you inside information about who he thinks the Bengals will draft in 2021. And if you find Malik Wright to be reliable and he was spot on for all the Bengals free agency signings, you can head on over to betonline.ag right now and find the NFL draft prop bet that best aligns with what Malik Wright tells you. And if you believe him, you can bet on it. They've got all sorts of NFL draft props, of course, but the NHL is going on. The NBA is going on. Major League Baseball, the Reds getting out to a hot start this year if you're a Reds fan. If you believe in that, hey, you can bet on those games too. You can even bet on awards TV shows and reality TV, and the odds are going to be updated in real time for you. You can, in one stop, also get updates on scores. It's just a super convenient way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Not only is it free to sign up, but we'll give you a 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code Locked On when you sign up at betonline.ag. Again, that's promo code locked on for a 50% deposit match on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. See, Jake's dreading this part of the show because it's Chase versus Sewell and Sewell versus Chase. I love this. This is what I this is what I live for. This is why I showed up today, Malik, not, not only to talk to you, but... Uh, I want to get your take in in what you think is going to happen because right now, as we're recording here, it's about six forty seven Eastern time on Tuesday evening, uh, just over two weeks between now and the NFL draft. And so, I'm going to ask you right now: Who do you think the Bengals are going to take with the fifth pick? Uh, number one, number one, they're going to take Jamar Chase. They're going to take the best receiver in the uh, NFL the NFL draft, hundred percent. He will be the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, next top tier wide receiver. Um, I know that earlier I was on the the team Sewell and I, you know, I, I think the world of uh, Penny Sewell as does the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, they view him highly, highly. He's offensive tackle number one from what, everything that I've been told on their board. Um, but it just, it, I mean, the, the, the tea leaves are down there, right? I mean, the, this, the offensive line class is extremely deep. You're going to be able to grab an offensive tackle in round two. It just really shapes up in the Bengals' favor. So in, in other years, I think Penesu would have been the pick us, you know, hands down. You got a guy like Jamar Chase coming, you know, on, on the board, though. You can't you can't pass that up. So Jamar Chase will be the fifth overall pick. Book it. And is there anything that, you know, you offered, I think, a jersey and some tickets if, if they drafted sure. Kyle Pitts? What, what's on yeah. the line this time? That that's not happening. I'll take you. I'll do you one better, guys. Uh, uh, not only will I give someone a uh, you know a ticket to a to a game of their choice, uh, a jersey to the game of their choice. What's that stake that everyone's keeping? The Jeff Ru- Jeff Ruby. I'm willing to buy some buy buy someone a Jeff Ruby stake if Kyle Pitts is a, is drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals with the fifth overall pick. That all being said, Kyle Pitts will not be a Bengal. Wait, wait, but but if if they don't draft, is it if they don't draft Chase? There's a stake out there. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> but 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 if you want me to, I'll 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 do that as well. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll be on a limb right now. If the Cincinnati Bengals do not draft Jamar Chase, somebody somebody is getting a jersey. That's how confident I am. One one person is getting a jersey randomly selected, of course. Not including J- James and Jake, of course. I got to get those guys. These got to get these guys a jersey of their choice. These new jerseys coming out, so. <laughs> Those new jerseys are pretty exciting. So, so how do you feel about that? You're, you're very confident, obviously. And, yeah. and when you said the Bengals aren't drafting Kyle Pitts, they'd rather trade down and draft a defensive player than draft Kyle Pitts. That was on the, uh, the civil war show with Aces. And I was, I was blown away. Um, I, I because was blown away when it said it was to me. Yeah. Sorry. Th- that, that's pretty crazy to, to think about with, you know, some of the gifts and, and traits that you see in Kyle Pitts, but I get the positional value argument, but your confidence and saying so is really what struck me. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like when you build up these, these contacts and you make relationships with people, you, you obviously, you don't, you don't go off of everything that you hear. Obviously you guys being in this business as well, you know that. Um, but the, the relationships that I've built with the people that I've built with, I trust these people and I know they, they won't feed me any, any information that is incorrect or tell me anything that's incorrect. And, you know, I make sure I cross references, I double check and, and I cross my T's dot my eyes and I make sure that, Hey, this is, is this happening? Yeah, this is happening. And if it's something they're not sure about, they'll say, don't, don't say anything just yet. Don't want you to be like, you know, out there looking crazy. I am 1000% confident that, you know, Kyle Pitts will not be a Cincinnati Bengal. 1000% confident. All right. Give me a percentage on your, your confidence that it really is going to be Jamar Chase. And I have a follow up to this, but what percentage would you give it? 
I like this. He put me on the spot, James. I like this, but I'm going to give it a 95%. Okay. Jamar Chase. So the Bengals, let's say that's their plan as of right now. Mm -hmm. Jamar Chase is the logic strictly, Hey, we can, we can find an offensive tackle in round two that can give us 80% of it. Is it Jamar Chase is such a special player? Is it Joe Burrow is throwing a temper tantrum in the other room right now because he wants Jamar Chase. And I'm not saying that's the case, but, but what's, what are all the factors? Because we've heard a ton over the past few months and obviously you're plugged in. So what's gone in the, into this decision, peel back the curtain as much as you can. Okay. Uh, I'll pretty much put it this way. Um, Riley reef is your starting right tackle. Bobby Hart is no longer your starting right tackle (laughs) for, for starters. Uh, you have Jonah Williams at left tackle. You have Quentin Spain, Xavier Zufilo, two guys. I mean, they're still high on Xavier Sufil. They still believe he can be a starter for them, and they still believe in Quentin Spain. He came in there and provided some 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 stability to that offensive line when he did play, uh, when they did go out there and get him. Well, you're no longer in a you know you're no longer in a position where you have to pigeonhole yourself down to one position. You can go out there and you can you know get that that number one receiver that you've been targeting for the last two years, whether it be DeAndre Hopkins or Kenny Galladay. The Bengals have been in the receiver market. That's even after they franchise tagged AJ Green. This is something that they've been trying to do. Now AJ Green is no longer in the building, and your wide receivers are, you know, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Nothing wrong with that, but Tyler Boyd is still your slot receiver. You're still your slot guy. He is your slot receiver. T Higgins is your other outside receiver. Well. Who's the other outside guy? Auden Tate? Nothing wrong with Auden Tate, but he's not a number two wide receiver. He's not a number three wide receiver. He could be a number four receiver probably, you know, if, if asked, but why pigeonhole yourself again and, and put yourself in a position like that? So it's almost a no-brainer. It's it, it's really just about, you know, where you're going to get the maximum value at in this draft class, and you're going to get the maximum value in the second round with, with the offensive linemen. And the other thing about that, you say offensive lineman, not necessarily offensive tackle. There is certainly a long-term need for this team to, to find another offensive tackle. If you b- believe in Jonah, which I do, I think the team believes in Jonah at left tackle. So there is a long-term need at tackle, but you can come into the, into the second round and there are a crop of interior offensive linemen that should be available in the second round that are going to be really good. The, the top three, we talked about this on yesterday's show, the top three positions on Lance Zerline's positional rankings in the draft are wide receiver, offensive tackle, offensive, uh, well, interior offensive line. And so even if it's not a tackle, maybe maybe the tackle they love isn't there. Maybe it's, it's a Landon Dickerson or a Creed Humphrey or a Wyatt Davis or a Ben Cleveland, who I mentioned a few weeks ago has worked his way into the bottom of the first round conversation at this point with his size and his his explosiveness testing. So really, if it's chasing the first round, every time we've gone through the mock draft exercise, it seems like, okay, we'll go offensive line in the second round. And and then it's the third round gets interesting. You could see another offensive line player there. You could see a defensive player that's fallen there. Is, is that the sense that you have? Is, is that what the plan is, do you think? For, for, for sure. I mean, that's definitely the sense I've been getting. I, I If I had to make a, a bold prediction today of how I saw this draft playing out, I see the Bengals drafting a kicker at some point. <laughs> I, I see the Bengals go on Jamar Chase in the first round. Second round, I think they go offensive lineman. Third round, I think they go defensive line player, whether that be a certain defensive tackle out of Louisiana or maybe a, an a edge player if, if, if – uh, if one that they like enough is there, and then I think the forefront, I think they can double dip. I, I certainly believe they'll double dip in the on the offensive line front for sure. Real quick, last yeah. thing, at least probably on Chase, and then we can get into the, you know, day two, day three stuff like 
really I should segue to. But do you, do you think board-wise Chase is just higher than Sewell on their draft board? Do I think that I I I don't I'm not I'm not confident that he's higher. I do know that the that this particular draft is just shaping up for sure. them to select a guy in the second round is just almost a no-brainer because you figure if you if if you don't draft you know a wide receiver you need to you need to replace those AJ Green targets you you just need to you need it you need another another receiver out there uh, if you if you draft a Penny Sewell which is a fine pick everyone knows I would be ecstatic with with the Cincinnati Bengals drafting Penny Sewell well then what happens in the second round you're pigeonholing yourself in the second round where there is going to be another good player at a, at a position that you may have ranked higher, uh, whether it be a defensive a defensive lineman or a, another offensive lineman. You kind of pigeonhole yourself when you could have just killed two birds with one stone and drafted a wide receiver in the first round and drafted a starter at the offensive line level in the second round. So to me, it's just it, it seems like it's a no brainer from all the conversations that I had. And if you read the fine live, fine, I don't think the Bengals have done a a, a great job of hiding what they're going to do. We, we talked about it earlier when you said that they weren't really interested in a wide receiver outside of Kenny Galladay this year. And, and last yeah. year they went after DeAndre Hopkins. You look at the kinds of guys that they've actually put effort into bringing in. And it certainly speaks to using a premium pick at the position. So it does make a lot of sense at the same time, you know, you see Riley reef comes in and they didn't really address the long-term need at right tackle either. But as we look at this draft class, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bengals are looking at it like all the guys we think can play outside are going to be gone by the time we're picking in the second round. And and then, you know, maybe the next guy is Diami Brown is, is a guy that it always is for me. And maybe they're like, oh, he's not going to be there in the third round. So, you know, if we want to get wide receiver and we know that Mike loves his wide receivers, the time to do it is is with the fifth pick. So that being said, is, is a trade back as out the window as we think it is when Duke Tobin said, you know, we, we don't want to get greedy. We think we can get a premium player at five. Another thing I'm going to say, the Bengals aren't trading that fifth overall pick. No way. No way. And did that change when Carolina landed Darnold and they couldn't move back to eight? That was a big, big thing we discussed. Did it change when San Francisco moved up and they were guaranteed one of Chase or Sewell? When did that change, you think? I don't think it ever did change, right? I, oh. I think that the I don't think the Bengals were ever considering a trade. I know us, you know, in the media, uh, you know, in, in the fan base, they 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 play with those ideas and stuff like that. But the Bengals are, are a team that traditionally stick to their guns when it comes to uh, the first round. Other other rounds, they'll be open to trading, but it's going to take significant value for that for for a team for them to want to trade back. And if you're trading into the top five, the Bengals are going to haul. I mean, we're talking about the Bengals who turned down multiple first round picks from the new Orleans saints one year, like, you know what I mean? To, to draft a bust uh, who they did draft. So like, you know, this team is not going to just tr- trade away a pick just for the sake of it. They knew that they were guaranteed to get either a Penny Sewell or a Jamar chase with the fifth overall pick. And now it, ju- it just further solidifies it. Last thing. Malik, and we appreciate your time. One more thing on the Kyle Pitts, because I think a lot of our listeners are Kyle Pitts fans. Is it strictly positional value? Is there some concern that we don't see? What what is it with Pitts and why are they not in on him at number five? Strictly positional value. They're still high on a guy like C.J. Uzama. They thought he had great chemistry with a guy like Joe Burrow. Nothing to do with with Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is a, a freak of an athlete, but we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals, right? They're, they they're, they they haven't really utilized the tight end enough in, in their system. So it, it's like, 
even if you do go out there and you draft a guy like Kyle Pitts, are you getting your 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 true the true value of it? Right? Are, can you walk away with out of the first round saying, you know, Kyle Pitts, we got Kyle Pitts, we got our guy, and and be satisfied? I don't I don't think that they could. I mean, you figure a lot of the top tier tight ends that are in the NFL right now have been drafted in later rounds. Right. You look at a guy like Darren Waller. He was a six round pick flopped around from practice squad to practice squad. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm of the belief. And, you know, Jake is probably going to kill me by, for, for, for saying this right now because he's probably going to totally disagree with me. But I think if you really just want to make a guy into a certain position, I think you can take a guy like Auden Tate, you know, turn him into into that inline tight tight end role, so to speak. I, I think that. That's a that's a rule that we started to see him slowly but surely start to transition to last year. He seems like he was more willing, especially in that Jacksonville Jaguars game. Obviously, he went out with an injury, so we didn't get to really see that manifest itself fully. But um, this is not me saying Auden Tate can be compared to Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is a freak in himself at all. I don't want anyone to get that misconstrued. But I what I am saying is you have at some point the need has to match up. At some point the need had to match up, and right now for the Cincinnati Bengals. That just didn't match up. It's not like the luxury pick they had with Tyler Eifert several years ago where he's a faller into the late first round and they feel like they've got everything that they want. And he was great when he was healthy, but tight ends do get injured at a a pretty alarming rate in the NFL, generally speaking. On the topic of Auden Tate being a tight end, I mean, I don't know. They, They did do it a little bit. They used him as a move tight end a little bit. He did help occasionally with some with some pass blocking I wouldn't make a habit of it because that's not what he's good at but you know I still think Auden Tate has a role on this team he's a he's a big bodied catch radius possession receiver who makes circus catches and that's a valuable thing to have and the great thing about wide receiver and actually an argument against Chase in some ways is that you can mix and match guys and play to your strengths especially when you're you're in 11 personnel with three wide receivers on the field as much as the Bengals are, you can mix and match. And they did it last year to a large degree to get the kinds of guys you want in the spots you want. But hey, this year it's Malik Wright, not Dave Lapham telling you it's it's going to be Jamar Chase. Malik, before we let you go, last thing from me, I'm just going to give you a soapbox for a minute here. What's your What's your hot take? What's your strong belief about the Cincinnati Bengals in 2021 that we haven't discussed? Maybe it doesn't have to do with the draft at all. Um, I think the Bengals are going to be significantly improved, but I also think that Luana Romo's defense is going to be significantly improved. I believe in Luana Romo as a defensive coordinator. I, I, I believe that, you know, he, he's getting his guys around him. And I think that you, he has players that are, that are, are that are bought in. So I, I think that, I think that's huge for, uh, for any coach. I think we saw it with, with Zach's first year and I think we're seeing it now with, with Lou's second year. We saw, we saw a little bit of it with Lou's second year, bringing in guys like Von Bell, so on and so forth, DJ Reader. I'm just excited. I want to see his guys healthy. I just want to see what they're able to do. I'm excited for guys like Larry Okunjobi and guys like DJ Reader, to, those guys to play together. And, uh, my favorite signing, everyone's going to be like, oh, what? but my favorite signing was Cheetah Bay Awuzie. I've been the biggest Cheetah Bay Awuzie fan for the longest time. So I'm super excited uh, for him and to see what he's able to do with the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm excited for Lou's defense. There you go. Hot take Malik joining hot take James with the optimism for the 2021 Bengals. Love to hear it, Malik. Thanks so much for your time and for joining us and sharing your knowledge. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Likewise, man. I appreciate you guys for having me on again. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.